My husband, Danny, and I have been married for over 26 years. And, uh, you know, it, there's, there are secrets to a marriage, but I have to say the way we, we started off was a little different than most people. We broke all the rules. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! In my first year of college, giddy as I could ever be, my new pastor picked me up to drive me to one of his events. I didn't know him that well, but he was a kind man. During the drive, he talked about relationships, love, romance, and marriage. I didn't bring up the topic. I was a little uncomfortable. But he was funny, very entertaining, actually. Then he said something that threw me for a loop. Actually, I wasn't sure if he was trying to give me a big hint or if he was really serious and meant what he said. He said, Every young man and every young woman, as soon as they become of age, ought to get married. It took me a couple of seconds, maybe even a couple of minutes, for what he said to register. As soon as it did, I broke into whatever else he was saying and said, You didn't really mean that, did you? Mean what, he responded. I always mean what I say. So I said, You said every young man and every young woman ought to get married. Were you kidding? Or did you say not every young man and every young woman ought to get married? He was driving. He turned his eyes from the road, still driving, and looked straight at me. Are you kidding me? He said. I want every person, man and woman of age, to get married, period. Why should I be the only one to suffer? I looked at him for a snicker or a giggle or a laugh to follow. He was dead serious. He turned his eyes back to the road. Now, he said, let's talk about sex. What's your standing as of today? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Are there secrets to a long-lasting quality relationship? Throughout the phases of every relationship, personalities change. That's only natural. Sometimes that's called growth. Not always. Bodies age. Romance waxes and wanes. Feelings waver. That's any relationship engaged for a good while. 
then of course for marital and parental relationships you have the honeymoon hours the baby years the child rearing decades career changes financial decisions changing religious and political point of views on and on and on you know it so is there a secret or secrets to enjoying this process over the long haul or is this something that just has to be endured uh, should interested individuals be looking for joy or endurance that's the question what is your stand on the matter oh please don't ask me i'm not in a position to bring you any wisdom on the matter but you bet you i have someone who can and who will my name is neville my guest is about to reveal susie's 10 little secrets to a long-lasting quality relationship get those pens and pencils ready You'll find a pot of gold At the end of a story You'll find it's all been told But our love has a treasure Our hearts can always My guest today, who I'm privileged to have with us again, is Susie Lindau. She's a prolific and beloved blogger, a humorist, You'll find her blogs at suzylindau.com. That's suzylindau.com. Susie is wrapping up her first novel, and I believe I heard she is working on something for the big screen. The last time Susie was on the journey, she shared her personal journey through her popular boob reports. Susie is back for our segments on love and romance, where you'll find a lot of engaging, frank, and invaluable contributions on love and romance and relationship from fellow travelers. You'll find those if you go to thejourney.ryosports.com. That is thejourney.ryosports.com. That is thejourney.ryosports.com. Just click on love and romance. Susie, welcome back to the journey. Before you share Susie's 10 little secrets, you mentioned that you embarked in what has since become a very successful, happy, and enjoyable marriage by breaking all the rules at first. Tell us what happened. What happened was um, I had uh, to get my wisdom teeth pulled in April, and... Uh, I watched Oprah Winfrey for the first time, and she had the uh, a whole panel of guests there who were vying for the position of uh, columnist, and I think it was Ann Lander's position. She was retiring, and so there were men and women. There were probably nine people on this panel, and she would ask them a question, and then most of the time they disagreed on how to answer it, which was kind of interesting, um, and then... Uh, a, a lady called in, a young lady, and she said, I've been dating this man for two years, and he doesn't ever want to talk about getting married. And all nine of them 
said, give him an ultimatum, 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 right down the line, and then they cut to commercial. Mm -hmm. So me in my codeine three Tylenol in you know drug induced state, <laughs> got this eure had this eureka moment and thought, oh my gosh, I have to give my boyfriend of three years the ultimatum. What I didn't think about was the fact that I had had my wisdom teeth pulled. I looked like a chipmunk. I had dragon breath. You know, I had, you know, I was wearing glasses. My hair was probably stuck to my head from not washing it for two days. And he stopped by to check on me on the way home from work. I was living with my sister at the time. And I said, hey, guess what? I just, just watched Oprah Winfrey for the first time. This was 87. And she said, I should give you the ultimatum. And this started this big breakup. And I kind of continued, you know, I, I, I like the metaphor of worms, you know, like, like, um, like they, they, it was a can of worms that got dumped all over creation and were, were crawling under the tables and chairs. And, you know, once you, once you have that, once, once that can of worms is open, you can't ever find all of them to put them back. It's kind of just over. But now it's the end of May and it's a Memorial Day weekend and, and it's going to be summer in Wisconsin. And honestly, summer is my time of year. Wisconsin weather can be hellish during the other nine months. Um, and I, I like to get outdoors and I figured if I'm going to date, I want to date in the summer. You know, when I have a tan and I, you know, <laughs> can get out and, and pick up guys by saying, hey, do you want to go play tennis and, and things like that. So. Um, I said, listen, we're, you got to make a decision this weekend. Either we move forward or we break up. So I, I, uh, and it, it sounds like I was very, very matter of fact, but it was three year, a three year investment. And he was a very good friend of mine by that time. And it, you know, it was upsetting. So I called my mom and I said, you won't believe, uh, my boyfriend and I are going to break up probably after this weekend. And she starts doing this happy dance in her kitchen. <laughs> She was never that enamored with him. I think she saw the differences in our um, our life plans, and she, you know, was never that thrilled about me being with him anyway. And she said, "Oh, well, I just had bridge club with Marilyn Lindau last night, and uh, Danny's coming into town." And I said, "Oh, Danny Lindau? Well, why don't we go to a Brewer game? Let's get a big group." So this is a guy who I met when I was 11 years old at a camping trip. Um, our families had gotten together and I knew his younger brothers. But Danny is four years older than I am. And he was entering senior year in high school when I was entering eighth grade. He does not remember me at all from the camping trip. I remember him uh, getting out of a Volkswagen convertible and thinking, Oh my gosh, he looks just like David Cassidy. I didn't know that the Lindau boys had an older brother, and I severely crushed on this this boy who wouldn't even really talk to me, and I was probably too shy to approach him anyway. Um, and so all these years later, you know, he was already living in Colorado. I'm still living in Wisconsin where we grew up, and we really haven't spent any time together. He uh, would only come back about once a year for a weekend um, and so we went to this brewer game and he was on crutches he had 
uh, been skiing in a basin for their spring splash and was jumping cornices and broke his leg. So I used it as a, a way to uh, flirt during the day. I figured flirting is pretty innocent. It's not, you know, I mean, I've always been one to end relationships before I start another, but, you know, it was innocent flirting. Family, friends, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't see it. And so, um, oh gosh, I crush on him all over again. And we had a great time. And, um, and so at the end of the day, he asked me out. He said, you know, do you want to come to my friend's picnic tomorrow? And, and I said, sure. And then I got really nervous and I went home and I remember this is kind of funny. My dad was even angry that I wasn't going to go to this picnic. I said, I don't think I can go. I haven't broken up with, with my boyfriend yet. And, um, and you know, my parents were, you know, both loved Danny and they had known him. They knew him better than I did. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't really know him that well. Only met him a couple times, very, very short conversations um at family gatherings so anyway we um i uh, my boyfriend came back into town danny flew back to denver uh the boyfriend and i broke up and i was really bummed that i missed this opportunity uh with him because now he was a thousand miles away well he had different plans he he came back to denver and was telling everyone he met the girl he was going to marry He's, he, he had this, um, he wrote a note. I was living with my sister, so he addressed it to Patty and I um, to go and invited us to go to the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Um, so it was just a couple weeks away. It was, um, I think, June 19th or something that weekend in 1987. And so um, I was thrilled. I, I tried to get a hold of him. It was back in the early days of... Um, of answering machines and I was leaving messages and he was not getting them and I finally just booked a flight I didn't even know what was going to happen but I thought I, I just took this leap and it was one of many leaps that I took and um luckily right before I flew out there he did get a hold of me finally and said he it was all set he was just he had a new business and he was just working really late hours and um so his mom, this is really pretty queer. Um, my mom and his mom drove me to the airport. It was really, really funny. And so we went, um, I, I flew out to Denver and and we hit it off. He wined me and dined me. We drove down to Telluride with the, um, and met all his friends. And we spent three days talking. Now, I was 29 years old and I had had a few relationships before him. And so I had this list in my head, like not really planning. I, I figured he had a girlfriend, honestly, when I went on this trip. Um, it's a really handsome guy, just bought this business. He's living in Denver. He's kind of an outdoorsy guy. He skis, he hikes, he does everything. I just assumed that, so I didn't have any expectations. But we hit it off, and I started going down this list with him. You know, as we started talking and we realized, you know, we are connecting and we, we do need to talk about this because I'm only here for two more days. And so, um, you know, I think that was um, the biggest secret to how we got, um, uh, how we addressed our relationship and how it was expedited so quickly was because we had communicated so well that weekend. Mm -hmm. Because 
Um, that was June 19th weekend. And then he came back to Madison um, for 4th of July. Hmm. And we got the priest, the church, and set the date for a wedding in October. Wow. And it was it was even shocking for our parents. I mean, our parents love everyone. I mean, our families were very close. But it was even a shock to them. <laughs> but, you know, we went through the, um, the course you have to take in order to uh, get married in the Catholic Church. And Danny was Lutheran, but he went along with it and did this with me. And his sister called the, the day after we, we um, took the test. And she said, you know, the Lutherans have a similar test. And, you know, you probably didn't do well. Don't worry. You have the rest of your life to um, get to know each other. And the couple sits us down who um, organized the classes, which we skipped all the classes. He wasn't there. He wasn't in town. We just kind of just took the test. Mm. And they, they, they really broke a lot of rules for us to get married, <laughs> um, including the priest, but I'll get to that. And so anyway, um, uh, the couple sits us down and they said, well, we've never, we've never, we've never witnessed this before. Um, you have taken this test and I'm like holding my breath while he's trying to get his words together. <laughs> You've never had a couple test so high, meaning that my prediction of how he would react in certain situations and his, his predictions of how I would react in, in certain situations completely matched up. Mm. And I think it's because we talk. And talk, and you can tell I'm a talker. Like <laughs> that's not hard for me. And I could, you know, I ask a lot of questions. And I think asking a lot of questions in the beginning of a relationship can really help you to know whether you're with the right person or not. I mean, it's not all about sex. I mean, sex is great, but you know, you have to have it based in, you know, in in what you know the person that you're going to spend your your life with. At the end of a highway, there's no place you can go. But just tell me you love me And you are only mine And our love will go on Till the end of time We'll be right back with Susie Lindau to hear about this rule-breaking priest and Susie's Ten Little Secrets. But I have a question for a few of you. How did you enter into your current relationship? Would you recommend it? Find out what others are saying on thejourney.riosports.com. Click on Love and Romance. Uh, Susie, you were telling us about this priest. So the priest also broke rules. Um, I, I, I'm not sure why, but um, there's, a, there's a rule in the Catholic Church that you have to have been dating for a certain length of time. And I said, well, we had this long weekend back in <laughs> Colorado. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you can't. You, no, we have to count this back. We have to count this back to your Memorial Day weekend when you guys got together at the baseball game. And he said, if we can count it back to there, that gives you a few more weeks. I think I can get this fast with the bishop and we can get you married. And 
And so, you know, God love him. He's no longer um, in the priesthood, but, he, you know, I don't think any <laughs> other priest would have done that. And, um, and you know, it, it just all worked out for us. So, um, but, uh, you know, thank God for timing and Oprah Winfrey, because if it weren't for her and the start of this breakup, Danny, Danny only came home for one weekend. The whole thing was amazing timing. So, um, and then I have to add one other little thing, um, which was so cute, and this is just so my husband. Um, I didn't have an engagement ring. He didn't come with an engagement ring. I went back out to uh, Denver, and then he's he's a, he was in the toy business at the time. Mm. Um, he owned a, a wholesale toy and school supply business. And uh, what he did was he kept sending me up the whole weekend. Uh, the first night we were at dinner, and you know, he kind of gets these big eyes and he looks at me and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is when I'm getting my ring. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he hands me this little box and I open it up and then I died laughing. And it was a plastic toy ring that he sold. <laughs> his and so I, he put it on my finger, you know, like on my index finger or something. Well, this went on all weekend until I had nine rings all over my hand <laughs> except for my engagement ring finger and when we drove into Aspen and we got on the gondola and he kind of got all nervous I then I really really got nervous and you know he made it this really special moment but he kind of strung me along it was just very very cute you know how he gave me um, my engagement ring um, and then the, the funny thing was I, I forgot to add was that um, after um, getting engaged in um, over Fourth of July, my friends, I would, I would run on into my friends and, and say, oh, yeah, I'm getting married in October. And, um, and they would say, oh, that's so great. You and your boyfriend are finally getting married. You've been dating him for such a long time. Oh, so great. I'd be like, no, it's not him. It's a different <laughs> guy. And they'd, be, they'd say, how can that be? I just saw you three weeks ago. What happened in the last two weeks or three weeks? And so it was really, really funny. Um, how I had to keep explaining all of this. And I had friends who gave us one year or two years or three years, but actually we, you know, we've been going strong for 26 years. I mean, we've been having a blast. Um, so here are my secrets to my top 10 list for um, secrets to a happy marriage. And I'm drum roll, you. drum roll. We have to have a drum roll here. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> Their, their divorce rate will officially <laughs> go way, way down because all because of me. The devil knows it's all, you know everything yes. revolves around me. So anyway, uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of read these um, from a blog post that I wrote, um, and then um, I'm going to do just a little explaining. Um, so secret number one. You have to be willing to go the extra mile, or 1,000 like I did when I moved from Wisconsin to Colorado after our wedding. Danny is the most romantic guy around. He asked me to marry him at the top of a gondola in Aspen after giving me nine plastic rings over the weekend. He continues to surprise me. Now, the, the thing that's really important with all of this is that, you know, life isn't easy. And even though when you truly connect with someone, it kind of feels like magic, mm -hmm. You may have to make, you may have to make some sacrifices. You know, in my case, I had to move away from a full-time job in medical illustration 
and, re and leave my friends and family and move to Colorado. But for me, that was, that was what I had to do. You know, I, was, I had fallen in love and I just took this huge leap of faith, which they tell you, never do that, never, uh, never rebound. Yeah, I broke all the rules and my <laughs> parents will tell me that I broke all kinds of rules. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really was a good kid. Okay, secret number two. He's my best friend and I don't keep secrets from him. I can tell him anything, but I can also read his mind when it's screaming. That is way too much information, Susie. Sheesh. <laughs> and, you know, and that's really true. I do um, overshare uh, with almost everyone. So, you know, with him, I just don't keep secrets. If, you know, if I crash a car or, you know, if I make a mistake and I, and I forgot to do something, he asked me to do, which he so rarely asked me to do anything. I think I did that. What was it last year? He asked me to record. Oh no, I did come home and recorded the last abs game last year. You know, like I, I, you know, everybody tries to do their best, and sometimes you forget things. But I, I always fess up. And um, but uh, you know, I don't really keep secrets from anyone. Um, my kids even didn't want me to be the one to tell them the facts of life because I knew I would be way too gross. <laughs> so, so this has been kind of an ongoing thing. Uh, secret number three, uh, I can trust him with anything, uh, but it, it took him years to teach him not to eat the last piece of cake without asking me to split it first. That is the absolute truth. <laughs> he is like the perfect man, except that last piece that I would savor and I would, you know, it'd be like, you know, eight o'clock at night, and I'd want, go for the brownie and be gone. You know, so now, now I can trust that that last little piece. In fact, it's a thing now. Like it'll sit there and it'll be molded over because he <laughs> won't take the last piece. But you know, I, I trust him with my life. I trust him. You know, I've trusted him all the way through. You know, you have to have trust. I trust him to be with other women. I trust him. You know, in, or in business or whatever. And you know, um, you you just have to you have to know that. Um, that the person is a commitment-oriented person. Um, one thing that we discussed in that first weekend was that um, uh, neither of us, we, had, we were both the type of people who um, had never cheated on anyone. And I think that um, my own thinking, and this could, not, this could be a huge false statement, I don't know, but my own, my own experience has been once a cheater, always a cheater. And I don't know, you know, there are there are exceptions to every rule, but um, you know, I, I trusted him from the get-go. Um, secret number four, we have a lot in common. I had skied back in Wisconsin, but had learned to keep up and had to learn to keep up in Colorado. We both love outdoor adventures. Our anniversary that year was celebrated uh, for a week in California. Uh, we both agree that the best kind of adventure includes travel. Um, yes, and I had to, um, you know, and, and, and he had to teach me how to become an expert skier because otherwise I was going to be doing blues and he was going to be doing double blacks. And so the first weekend we skied together was up at Steamboat and I tried to keep up in the moguls, and I just decided, this is it. I have to learn this. I am not going to be the ski bunny who sits at the fireplace all day while he goes out and skis, because that's what he's going to do. This is why he lives in Colorado, you know? And so I forced myself down these moguls so many times and crossed my tips that I was like, I had a road rash 
under my chin from <laughs> scraping my face on the snow, face planting all weekend. And um, so it's, uh, but then he, he learned to play tennis because that was something I really enjoyed. And, um, and uh, we played a lot of doubles tennis. We've both been on teams and, you know, it's something that we do together. We take a lot of hikes, you know, um, he really has never gotten the hang of shopping. He gets this thing called dead feet. Um, but in general, <laughs> he enjoys almost, we enjoy a lot of things. It is good to have some things that you keep separate and that you, you know, he, he likes to do his business stuff and I like to do my writing and, you know, so it is nice to, to have that. Mm. Um, secret number five, appreciate the differences. Oh, and that leads us into this. I am philosophical and can tell when he has hit the glaze over stage. My first clue is when he stares at me blankly and hasn't said anything for over a half an hour. Yes, <laughs> do take a breath. He, uh, he loves business and has learned to talk fast since I have about three minutes before my mind wanders off. Hey, look at that butterfly. What? Yeah, I was listening. And, you know, this, this oftentimes happens on the weekends when we're catching up, which I think is really good, important to have a catching up time. We have this little above ground hot tub where we um, will take a, a, um, a little time on a Saturday or a Sunday morning and, you know, we'll talk about our week in review and our week ahead. And, um, yeah, and that's when he'll accuse me of my glaze over, you know, and I go, well, you have to say it faster. You don't have to talk or you have to use, you know, smaller words because I don't understand, you know, all the, the jargon. But, you know, after all these years, you know, we are very connected and um, and we do appreciate those differences. So um, uh, secret number six is he's my super fan. When I first started blogging, he printed out my posts and kept them in Finder. He has total belief in me, uh, which inspired a post called Who's in Your Corner? Um, yeah, he, he's always he's always been there to say, you can do this, you can do this. His actual, actually what he's saying in the last year is, I just want to become Mr. Susie Lindau and just carry your bags. I think he <laughs> tells everybody that. He's ready to retire. And he, you know, this writing thing for me, I'm, you know, writing this, I, I wrote a paranormal suspense and I'm, you know, uh, getting that ready to be published, um, looking for an agent. And also through my boob reports, and I'll, I'll make that into a book. He's ready for me to get published so, you know, um, so that we can start traveling. The other thing that's really, you know, interesting in, um, in a way um, that he's supported me in blogging is that... Um, he loves it when I when we travel and go meet up with bloggers. Um, I've met quite a few bloggers, and um, uh, so that's one of our goals too. Is that you know we thought maybe at some point we can just keep traveling and, and meeting up with people. Um, we support each other's hopes and dreams and pick each other up after every disappointment. You know, one of the things he always says, which is so cute, is he always says, "Oh, that could happen to anyone." Like, how sweet is that to say that? You know, not everyone would put a Christmas tree on their car and then drive into the garage, you know? Like, I don't think everyone would have the back end opened and then back into the garage. Like, I've done all those things. I've done so many dumb things as, oh, you know, could happen. And I know he's just being sweet, but, you know, he's, he's just a fan and he just picks me up and he puts me right back on my path to keep 
moving ahead. So that's what I do. Um, secret number seven, apologizing is tricky, especially since I'm always right. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has more to do with letting things go and developing amnesia. Both of us are very forgiving, forgetful, and apologetic. I think, you know, the forgetful thing is really important. I think, you know, we've all been told don't go to bed mad and all that. And, you know, sometimes you, you just, it's not going to be resolved in a night. You have a difference of opinion on something. But it doesn't have to be like, you know, um, something that you're so angry about that you stew about it for weeks and then it blows up in this huge thing. I don't believe in that either. I'm a talker, as you can well imagine, and, you know, um, I, I find that just discussing, you know, I've, I, I like to get to the bottom of things, and, you know, Danny's a guy. Like, guys, in my experience, they kind of move on more quickly, and they, you know, are ready to let things go. I think the idea is to not always, you don't always have to expect that formal apology. It's, it's almost better to just you know, the less you make of things, the faster things go. And they're always insignificant in life's big picture, you know? Mm. Yeah, so you forgot to call me and I waited, I waited to have dinner with you. Or, you know, it's, it's just silly little mistakes usually. And so that's a really big secret for, for us. Um, okay, secret number eight. Um, okay, I have a line drawn through this. We have given up trying to change, and what I meant, you know, it's a joke, accept each other for who we are. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not going to change each other. Um, he accepted me. That was the thing. See, when we first got together that first weekend, hmm. um, I was super open and honest. I did not put on my, my you know, my perfect, um, I don't know what you call it, a mask or something, you know, my dating I didn't put out my dating persona that I might have had, you know, in my earlier 20s. I was who I was, and I cracked jokes. And, you know, if he didn't get the jokes, he would have at least known that I was out there, you know. And it was it was good for me to know how far out there I was right up front than to be shocked, you know, a few months into our marriage. Um, he has seen me at my best and worst and still loves me. Who could ask for more? Oh, yeah, I mean... Gosh, I, um, I, I wore mascara um, the first couple months we were married until it got so caked. It was like wire coming out of my eyes. And I, I just um, finally said, I, I'm going to have to take this off, but you're not going to recognize me. And I said, yeah, it, it, it's like I'm, I don't have eyes. You know, that's what I've always felt like. I have big eyes, but the mascara really enhances that. So I went in there, and after, you know, going through you know, a big tub of makeup remover. Um, I finally got the last bit of mascara off and I came out and he said, yeah, you're right, you really don't have <laughs> But he was cool with that. It was like, oh yeah, but you know, you look different, but I, you know, I like how you look now too. And you know, I was young and, and believed him. So, you know, that's all good. But you know, um, and, and I accepted him too, you know, like you, um, it's 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 really important to feel comfortable with this person that you're living your life with. Um, secret number nine: We had the same beliefs and shared our dreams for a future together. In Telluride, 26 years ago now, 
I told him my invisible punch list, which I already went through earlier. Um, and he wasn't so sure about dogs. It was one of the things I, I wanted. And um, he wasn't so sure about it, but he, um, he, he really, really loves our, our second dog. Wasn't so sure about our first dog, but, um, uh, but the dog we have now, he's, I mean, I think he's, he's closer to that um, uh, animal than uh, me sometimes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he, he loves Roxy, and she's a little cutie and is very obedient. So... Um, but, you know, he gave it a try, you know. Hmm. Um, he, we, we started off, um, I was Catholic, he was Lutheran, but we both believed in some kind of God. I always think of myself as a, a Catholic Buddhist. Um, you know, I, I, I have a very wide parameters. I believe in all religions. Um, I, you know, I think we're all praying to the same one, and that's just my own personal belief. But I think I would have a very hard time living with someone who was an atheist. Hmm. Um, even an agnostic, and especially in light of going through breast cancer this last year, I really um, did a lot of praying and, um, you know, and uh, sending out a lot of positive energy, and, um, and he was right there beside me. Um, you know, um, after my, our daughter, uh, we have two children, and um, after our daughter um, had her first holy communion, he did convert to Catholicism, but it wasn't you know, it was something he wanted to do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's it, you know, everybody has their own feelings about that, and that was, those were my own. Uh, secret number 10, but this is the most important factor in having a successful marriage, is you have to have a sense of humor. Um, we laugh all the time at ourselves and each other. Oh, my gosh, I just remembered the funny story. So, this is classic. Um, last year... Um, and this has a little, little bit to do with karma, which I kind of believe in too. Um, he had, um, let's see, I forget how this went. I was already in bed and it was dark in the room. And I said, Hey, could you fill the humidifier before you go to bed? So he went to the other side of the bed and he was reaching down to, um, to grab, you know, take apart the humidifier to, um, to fill it. And actually, this is really mean. I don't know if this is a good example. <laughs> uh -oh. But he he almost knocked himself out with the uh. arm of the rocking chair that he couldn't see in the dark. Uh -huh. And he thwacked it. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know what happened. And then, um, you know, he, he uh, I, you know, I was, of course, concerned for him because he hurt himself. But then when he told me what he did, you know, he just, and I, I started to giggle and I said, oh my God, what if you gave yourself a black eye? How are you going to explain that? <laughs> and so he, he came back to bed and I turned on the light and sure enough, he's got this big red welt and I just started laughing and I thought, oh my God, this is the dumbest thing. I mean, it could happen to anyone and I've almost done it to myself. Mm -hmm. But anyway, then the next morning he woke up and he had this classic black eye. Well, and then I laughed and I took pictures and I asked him if I could put it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a really good sport. And, um, but karma is so evil. I mean, I went in for a facial mm. and uh, the next day, and this lady literally took all the skin off the, the bottom part of my face and it was all like oozing and red and, uh -huh. and all of that. And it was, 
And so we went to Easter Sunday mass with like sunglasses on. <laughs> I felt like I was in some kind of acid uh, accident, you know, with some type of horrible acid. And he he just had this huge shiner. And so we both laughed. I mean, it was just hilarious. And, you know, you have to laugh at these kinds of things. If, if he would have felt like I was laughing at him, you know, he could have gotten really angry. But, you know, he saw the humor in it, too. It's just, you know, life is just one crap ball after the next. Um, so, you know, when I was pregnant, um, he used to sing to me. And, you know, for some women, this would have been grounds for divorce. He used to sing, he used to sing Roly poly, daddy's little fatty. Okay, so I didn't always find that amusing, but you know, it was it was pretty funny. And um, he always sang that to me. Um, and uh, so um, I, I guess you know that's that's what we have found to be uh, really important. Um, uh, okay, so there's one other thing. I guess I'll. I'll, uh, I'll read this last paragraph. Um, we have a new standing joke after going to an endless mass, and this was last summer, that included a wedding of some random young people. The priest said, back in the day, many didn't see their 40th birthday. So till death do us part was no big deal. <laughs> Nowadays, many live to be 100 years old. You could easily be married for 75 years. 75 years. That's a death sentence for some people. <laughs> he actually <laughs> said this in, this in there. So, so while the congregation laughed, Danny looked at me and said, 50 more years. <laughs> the Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. Susie's 10 Little Secrets to a Long-Lasting Quality Relationship. You'll find Susie's fascinating blogs at suzylindau.com. Enjoy much more on the journey.riosports.com. Click on Love and Romance. There you'll also find the Zeta Secrets. Check them out. And don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the Hunks I Dreamed by Neville D'Angelo. The Hunks I Dreamed. You'll find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble for your smart devices, as well as your audio devices. Enjoy! Remember, we are on Stitcher. Thanks for stepping on the journey with us. See you next week. The water stops its flow At the end of a highway There's no place you can go But just tell me you love me And you are on